Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool service from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking all about interior design, which is an interesting and very important topic because as the competition on Airbnb gets stiffer and stiffer, more hosts are joining and hosts are doing a better job. It becomes very important to stand out from the crowd. And one way to do that is to up your interior design. And I'm very excited to talk to an interior design specialist, Kendall Simmons. She's the owner of kendallsimmons.com, which is an interior design company in Nashville. And they've done an outstanding job with the Airbnbs that she's running. So Kendall, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasper. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm super excited. I don't know very much about interior design myself. So I'm really excited to be learning a lot of of the things that you are an expert in. But before we get uh, started with all that good stuff, do you want to share your background and how did you get involved with Airbnb, etc.? Definitely. I'd love to. So I'm Kendall Simmons, and I am an interior designer. I have been working as a designer for over 10 years now. I have a bachelor's degree in design, and it's kind of been my career path since college. I am a lover of just all things beautiful, and I feel very strongly that your home being a beautiful and inviting space for yourself increases your quality of life exponentially. I have been married to my husband, Kane, for 10 years, and we own our business together. And we have also recently, in the last six months or so, opened our short-term rental property that we have listed through Airbnb. So it's a relatively new experience for us, but we felt like we could take what we know with our expertise in design and really make a unique property that would stand out on the platform. We're new to the Airbnb world, but we're loving it so far. How's, How's your experience so far? I have to say, I was a little trepidatious when we first got started. I didn't know what to expect. We had no prior experience managing renters of any kind. But I have to say that in general, the experience has been great. We took a lot of time to make sure our home was exactly how we wanted and beautifully appointed. And we we really tried to pay attention to all of the details and get everything set just right before we launched our listing. And your podcast, actually, I have to say, was incredibly instrumental. We found you kind of just through a search of podcasts on our player, and we came across you, and we kind of binged on a ton of episodes that really gave us a lot of practical tips and tricks when we were writing our listing. When we jumped in, so far, we've had a really great experience, and we've got a lot of wonderful feedback on our property. 
And I think one of the things that really stands out for your listing is the website that you've built. I think it's a great way to brand your place. It's called thehousepunch.com. Um, did you build that website before you listed on Airbnb? Yes, we did. We really put all of the pieces as much as possible in place prior to ever launching on Airbnb. We felt that a consistent brand would really give us an advantage against the competition. Nashville, Tennessee is a pretty saturated Airbnb market. And by that, I mean, there are tons of very stylish and well-appointed homes on the market. So we knew that we would really have to come in strong and really up our game. So by branding our home as the house punch and creating the housepunch.com, it just gave us one more online place where people could really find our property and learn more about it before they book. And it's been wildly helpful so far. I'm really impressed with your website. I would encourage everybody who who is uh, planning to build their own website for their Airbnb listing, have a look at thehousepunch.com. It has a guest book. It has a guide. It has a really nice video as well, a very beautiful video that shows the home and really zooms in into different details and stuff. So it looks very attractive and appealing. So definitely you guys did a great job there. I can't take any credit for that. That was all my husband, Kane. While I'm the interior designer, I'm very much not a web designer, but luckily the two of us paired up together and were able to, uh, to put the two together into something that we're really proud of. Awesome. I know that Nashville is a big market on Airbnb, right? It used to pop up as one of the most profitable markets as well in the US. Uh, a company called AirDNA, who the, the founder I'll actually be interviewing next week, AirDNA provides data on uh, you know the most profitable places on Airbnb and all sorts of other stats. And Nashville always pops up as a very profitable place. We have found that to be the case so far. We have pretty much been profitable from day one. Our first month that we listed our home, we had bookings immediately and broke even our first month and then became profitable every month since then. Since we started in the fall, we didn't really know with the season how it was going to do, but we're incredibly happy with our bookings that we have coming up from now all the way through May. We're basically booked pretty much every weekend, I think, except for one until May. So it's been wow. consistently booked. And we're so far very pleased with the amount per night that we've been able to charge as well. When you say profitably, are you renting or do you own the place? We own the place. And so by profitable, I'm basically referencing, you know, breaking even on all of our expenses. So our mortgage payment, utilities, et cetera. And then also considering the interior design investment that we've made as well. We're profitable as far as all of our expenses being covered, as well as then a margin of profit on top of that. Got it. Okay. Very cool. All right. So let's dive into the interior design aspects of an Airbnb listing. So first of all, I think before you started your listing, you really took a little bit of time to think about the theme and the, and the style that you wanted your house to be in, right? How should hosts go about choosing that theme and style? That's a great question. And yes, you're correct. We really tried hard with the house punch to have a clear vision and for the entire house to be as cohesive as possible. So as an example, the theme or the vision for the house punch is incredibly vibrant. It's very colorful. It's pretty feminine. 
loads of color, a mix of kind of wild patterns just to be exciting and to be kind of adventure for people who were staying in our home on their trips to Nashville. So that's kind of the theme, if you will, that we went with for our property. Obviously, not everyone is going to want that same design, right? Every person you meet is going to have a different design aesthetic. So I would recommend if you don't know where to start, start with your own personal style or your personal style of the architecture of your home. And what I mean by that is if you are a person who absolutely can't stand color and you live a very subdued sort of aesthetic in your life, embrace that for your home. Do a very chic, monochromatic style with very little color and just make it all about texture and warmth if that's your look. Or if you have a vibrant personality and you take a lot of risks, go a little crazy, you know, embrace color, embrace pattern and take those risks. So cue off of your own personality and your own style if you don't know where to begin. And chances are that's going to lead you in the right direction. And another tip is if you already have some great collections of things, even if you don't think that they're design related, think really hard about those things and build your design around those. And what I mean by that is, let's say in your home, you have a huge collection of books, turn your home into a wonderful library where people just want to cozy in with your books and enjoy that atmosphere. Or if you're an audiophile and you have a million records, oh my gosh, that's what your home is about for your guests. Like display your records and have a wonderful Crosley record player with speakers for people to enjoy them. Make your things that you already have a part of your design and a part of your experience. So those are the main starting points that I would recommend. And then you can build from there. Awesome. Well, you just gave me some inspiration because you know my place in Colombia that I bought a while ago is almost done. So I need to figure out how to brand that one. And so I'm thinking, you know, because I travel all the time, I'm going to turn it into a travel theme with like pictures of airplanes and all that kind of stuff, like things from different countries. That would be my team then, I think. Would be amazing. Take advantage of any bits and bobs of like ticket stubs and admission paperwork and maps. We're big travelers too. So every time I come back from a trip, you know how you just have all that stuff <laughs> that comes back with you, those little things that you don't realize you're picking up. Put them in frames all over your new place, have stacks of travel maps and stacks of guidebooks and all of those things. And people will love living amongst those things. It's going to just enhance their experience since they themselves are traveling to stay at your Airbnb. So that's exactly what I would do. Awesome. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. What are some other more general interior design tips that you can share? So when I think about interior design, the questions that I would have is, 
you know, how do I know which colors to combine? How do I know like how many items should I put on the wall and how many other items should I place around, you know, and make sure that it's not too busy? How do you go about thinking about that? You know, I'm going to break that into a couple different answers. The first thing I want to address that you asked is about color. And that is such a good question, Jasper, because people get nervous about choosing color and rightly so. Paint color is the place where everyone should begin, in my opinion. Paint is the backdrop for everything else, right? So if your paint is bad, everything else is going to be bad. It influences everything. So here's a just universal tip for paint for all your main spaces, your main living areas. Choose a light neutral and use the same color throughout. By a light neutral, I mean pick a white or a pale gray, or a very light beige. In general, this is going to help your home feel lighter, brighter, fresher, cleaner. Usually it has the effect of making your home feel a little bit more spacious. And that way, no matter what you add on top of those light neutral walls, it's always going to work. Then the place to take more risk with paint And by risk, I don't actually mean risk. I mean, it's paint. You can always repaint it if you end up hating it. But places where you can branch out a little more are the secondary spaces. So a powder room or a small water closet or one of your bedrooms. Embrace a bolder color scheme in those to where people don't have to feel like they're living in that crazy color at every moment. It's only in smaller doses. So An example of that would be like at the house punch, the entire house is painted white with the exception of one bedroom, which we painted a beautiful kind of a blush pink, and then a powder room, which we chose to put a really kind of wild graphic wallpaper on the walls. No one ever spends more than a few moments normally um, in a powder room. And so you can go a little crazy because people are in there for such short amounts of time. Whereas you wouldn't want to do that in your main living spaces because it can be a little bit overwhelming. So that's a good tip for color as far as paint goes. Then when you're layering color on top, think about your art, think about your accessories and your furnishings. So my rule of thumb is the smaller that the item is, the crazier I can go on the color. As an example, if you need to buy a sofa, maybe don't commit to a red sofa, right? (laughs) Maybe stick that sofa, keep it in the neutral, go with a beautiful charcoal gray, something that's going to hide stains or anything that may happen in the future. But maybe a pillow, go wild, make it neon pink, make it purple, make it a crazy leopard print pattern. It's a smaller item visually, and it's also a smaller investment financially. So you can always change those things out if you get tired of them or if someone damages them. So that's how I approach color. In general, with color palettes, I tell people avoid reds, oranges, and yellows. They give people anxiety, they're aggressive. They tend to like not flatter your skin tone and you can look a little bit icky when you're actually in the rooms in those colors. So if you're trying to narrow down your palette, you cannot go wrong with the opposite side of the color wheel, meaning blues, greens, purples, you know, any of those are universal crowd pleasers that I would take full advantage of. So that's how I feel about color. I could go on and on as far as tips, but another one that I just recommend in general is Don't take yourself too seriously. 
if there are things in your life that you love, chances are they're going to be things that other people love as well. So I think people get into this shoebox where they corner themselves into thinking, oh, like I'm buying art. So it needs to be kind of serious grown up art. And it has to be a landscape with like birds, you know, that's boring. Like, don't do that to yourself. Buy what you want. I mean, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm looking at a giant poster of Kurt Cobain holding a cigarette in a liquor bottle that I have hanging on my wall because I think it's amazing. I'm a fan of his and it reflects my personality. So don't take yourself too seriously. Hang on your walls what you would want to look at every day. And chances are people on Airbnb are going to have those same things and enjoy those same things. And if anything, it's going to make them want to come stay at your place more. So that's another useful tip. (laughs) Wow. I'm learning a lot here. And I've also (laughs) realized that I did pretty much everything wrong when I decorated my apartment 10 years ago in Amsterdam. (laughs) For some reason, I decided to paint my living room with a dark green back wall and then lighter green side walls. And then I painted one of the bedrooms red and one orange with pink sides. I mean, it was a little bit too much, I guess. I thought it was really fun, but then all my friends basically laughed at me. They were all like, dude, what did you do to your apartment? I mean, if you ever want to sell it, paint the walls first because no one will ever buy it if you keep those paints on the wall. One more funny anecdote is, you know, I bought one of those really big smack fridges, really nice fridges, when they delivered it. And when they saw it was orange, they looked at me and they said, oh, I think we have the wrong one. I told delivery guys, I told them, no, that's the one I ordered. And they looked at me and they said, wait, you ordered an orange one? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, orange is a national Dutch color, so I like orange. Apparently, I was the first person to ever order an orange one. So funny enough, Jasper, I have a Smeg refrigerator in my home that I'm sitting and looking at right now. And just to add on to your story, I have the very pale blue one, which is very, very tasteful and very calming. So I bought the opposite smeg that you did. So if you have to buy a new one, I recommend the pale blue. (laughs) Okay. No orange for us, I guess. Okay. Lots of interesting information. If you have any more tips, general tips, you can just feel free to just keep talking. (laughs) Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. So here's a great one. I'm giving away all my design secrets here because this is what I do in all of my projects. You need to mix high and low. And what I mean by that is price and quality. So any project that I start on, especially if a project has a more limited budget, I start with a handful, let's call it three to four items that are going to be significant in their impact and also be more significant in what they cost, right? So these are dramatic, eye-catching pieces where you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. You're investing in them, but they're going to be anchors of the entire design. So those are your high items. And, And examples of what I mean by that, I'm going to reference the house punch here. Here's an example. We hired a local artist, an amazing guy named Jeff Bertrand, to come into our home on our beautiful white walls and paint a custom mural on one of our walls. It's really cool. It's like cherries. It kind of looks like a vintage tattoo almost. And that artwork was an investment, right? That's original art. It wasn't inexpensive. But when you walk into our home... It's the first thing you see and it stops people in their tracks. They remember that there was a mural in this home. And oftentimes 
people spend quite a lot of time taking photos for their Instagram accounts in front of the mural. So we felt that, yes, this is an investment, but it's such an important part of the design that we're willing to splurge and go a little high on that item, right? What I mean by that mix, the highs and the lows is, okay, we splurged on that, but infill all your other items with inexpensive stuff, right? There can be things from Ikea. There can be things from Target. There can be things that you've thrifted and spent $5 on all mixed around that one really more expensive item. And what happens is you kept your budget under control in that way. And also the fact that you splurged on that one item, it has this really funny mental effect on people What happens is all of a sudden, those low items, those lesser expensive items get elevated to the level of the high end item. It is amazing how our brains work. But when people walk into a home and they see these handful of expensive things, they automatically assume in your brain unconsciously that everything else is of the same quality. And so when people find out, oh my God, you found that coffee table for $20 at a yard sale, or oh my God, that artwork was free because you found it somewhere like they don't almost don't believe you because they assume because the aesthetic is so high end that everything was expensive. So that is a really good trick to employ. But my tip is you need to make the splurges really good ones that are really going to be a showstopper. So if you looked through the house punch photos, obviously another splurge, the giant floral fabric screen that you may have seen in the dining area that was another splurge, but it's huge. It's enormous. You can't miss it. It's in a very brightly printed floral fabric and people throw a fit over it. They absolutely love it. And it's something that they remember. So mixing that high and low, seriously, you got to do it. It's one of the most important tips that I can recommend to anyone. Here's something else too. This kind of goes back to the Kurt Cobain have a good time with it. Like, don't take yourselves too seriously. It's one of those things where I think people decide, oh my gosh, this is such an adult thing that I'm about to do. I'm about to furnish my home and I'm spending a lot of money and maybe it's a little more money than I'm comfortable with. And so everything has to be serious and everything has to be like, just so. And honestly, it couldn't actually be further from the truth. It really couldn't. You know, I do this for a living and sometimes I think, you know what? This isn't rocket science and it's not heart surgery and no one's going to live or die at the end of this based on what piece of art you chose. And so just try to have a little bit of whimsy and a little bit of personality and make sure you're having a good time. Try not to be intimidated by the process. So that actually could probably be one of the most important tips of all when you get started. How do you feel about having quotes on the wall? Ooh, quotes on the wall. I actually don't have a problem with it. It's about how it's executed that sometimes I have a problem with. Um, (laughs) I'm super opinionated. So I'm probably going to end up offending people who have some quotes on their wall in this way. So I'm just going to take that risk. I love quotes on walls if it's done in a way where it's like a piece of artwork that's been hung on a wall. And perhaps it's, you know, a really wonderful graphic printed poster that has some great song lyrics or something like that on it. What I don't love are these, I'm going to call them decals that people are doing a lot of. Have you seen these? I'm not sure what those are. So it's almost like they're peel and stick letters or peel and stick words, if you will, that almost look like they were painted onto the wall. 
but that falls flat every time and it never actually looks like they've been painted on the walls. So I would strongly discourage people from using any wall decals of any kind in their homes because they tend to cheapen things. But in general, like quotes on artwork and things I think can be very sophisticated. There's one at the house punch where I have a huge piece that's like 40 by 60 inches in one of the bedrooms. And all it is is a white print with black letters that has the song lyrics to um, Rapper's Delight on it, which is that amazing like rap song from I think it's like the early 80s. And it's amazing. And people comment that they adore it. And oh my God, I remember that song and it's so good. And so I actually have embraced that trend in my own home. In general, I'm good with it. Just make sure you're executing it well. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, I just remember from my last Airbnb, there was a quote on the wall that said, if you don't walk today, you have to run tomorrow. And that was the first thing I'd see in the morning and kind of like gave me a little kickstart where I was like, okay, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's get things going because otherwise I'll have... It's motivational. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, in general, it's cool. I think it's great. And if my only other advice would just be, Make sure you choose a quote that really strikes you and and means something to you, right? Like that's so motivational. I love that. Like don't just pick something just to pick it. Make sure it means something to you or that you think will mean something to the people that see it every day, for sure. Don't just Google top 10 best quotes ever and then pick number one. Don't do that. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it's really interesting. I'm sure we, we could be talking for a long time, but time is flying. But before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, you know, if, if people have questions, listeners have questions about interior design, is there any way they can get in touch with you? Yes, of course. That would be great. So my website is a great place to find me. It is just kendallsimmons.com. And also my Instagram is a great place to find me as well. And that is at Kendall K. Simmons. Instagram's a really fun place to follow along with me on a daily basis. I post every single day and I share tons of posts of what I'm actively working on with all of my projects, which is really fun. And you can also find me at thehousepunch.com, which we talked about earlier, and on Instagram at thehousepunch. And also, I want to point out one other thing to your listeners. If anyone is interested in discussing a potential Airbnb project or any other project, feel free. There's a contact form on my website to reach out to me via that. And there's also a service on my website called eDesign. And eDesign is really cool. It's a way for me to work with people who aren't necessarily in Nashville. You can be anywhere in the world. And basically, you can fill out an online questionnaire and send me photos of your space and measurements and lots of inspiration and fill out all these questions. And I can send you complete designs via the internet, which is really wonderful and has been a great way to provide people with interior design services more on a budget, perhaps a little more affordably than it would be to go with an interior designer really doing the entire process for you which for Airbnb, a lot of people are trying to maintain a fairly strict budget. And so it tends to fit that niche very well. Since we spent a lot of time talking about paint, I feel like I should also say part of my e-design offerings is a paint selection package where you can send me all the photos of your home and I send over 
all of the paint color recommendations that I think you should use. So I've found that paint selection alone stresses people out so much and I can help people and take that burden away it really makes people's lives a lot better. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into like a Home Depot, for example, and you just see people, (laughs) you just see people standing in front of the wall of the paint swatches. And they just look so upset. And like their eyes are kind of glazed over. And they're like, Oh, my God, what do I do? This is so intimidating. This service is a way to just mitigate that and kind of put the pain point on me instead of you when you're trying to pick those colors. So all of that can be found if people are interested via the website. And also, I would love to um, extend anyone who um, has listened to this podcast and is interested in any of those services, drop us a line on the website, letting us know that you found us via this podcast. And we would love to extend a 20% discount to you on any service. So you can come and find me. Awesome. Well, I'm probably the first one who should get your consult on the on the paint colors so that I won't be laughed at again uh, for the next 10 years. <laughs> yes, Jasper, we should do that. We'll work something out for sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Kendall, thank you so much for joining. It's been really interesting. I definitely learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners enjoyed it as well. So yeah, thanks to listeners for listening. And on Friday, we'll be back with a news episode. Thank you, Jasper. Get paid for your pet. Get Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.